It's not enough to simply be the best product anymore. You have to show people why it matters to them. That's why positioning and messaging is everything. It's how you connect to what customers really care about, make your product's value clear, and stand out from the rest. Easy, right? No, it's not. But you can learn from folks who have faced and conquered these challenges before. So join me, Emma Stratton, as I talk to top product marketing leaders about the wild and wonderful world of messaging, the thrills, the spills, the hard-won truths, and the total myths, the adventures in messaging. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by my friend, Jordan Green, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Outreach. Hey, Jordan. Hey, what's going on, Emma? Super excited to, to chat and get to spend more time with you. Yes, it is so great to talk with you. Um, you are such a smart marketer. And one thing I think is so interesting about you is that you were one of the first senior, you were the first senior marketing hire at Outreach, and you're a product marketer. Right. How cool is that? It's amazing. I think it speaks a lot to uh, our founders and what we valued in, in marketing and what they wanted to spend our first you know, early cycles doing. Yeah, it, it's brilliant. And the way the company has grown um, proves that you know a thing or two about positioning and messaging, kind of starting a category, growing a category. Um, so I want to know your secrets, right? Tell me, how do you kind of think about messaging, you know, at your organization? How do you approach it? Yeah, I love this question, this topic, because <laughs> it's the core of what we do in product marketing, but it, it, it gets ignored too often. I, I think the, the core issue that we often face in product marketing teams, and I face this in my career, is that we think of messaging as a one-off set of deliverables. You know, our classic workflow in messaging is, okay, we need to produce a new messaging framework for a new product or a company, or we're evaluating that. Let's go through this motion. And we have a workflow that we all do. We research and we get feedback internally, and then we ship something. And it's like, okay, the sales deck's gone. Now we move on. And, and to me, like what I'm obsessed with, what I think really matters is what's the environment you're creating for yourself or your team to create good messaging. And to me, that environment needs to be customer obsessed. And so what I spend a lot of time doing and what I think about for my team is what are the inputs? What are the daily, weekly, monthly rituals that we do that allow us to be customer obsessed enough that when we need to do messaging, we already have this amazing foundation. We've already done the work to have built a great gut. Um, and so I, I think that great marketing teams that do a good job of messaging have this strong customer obsession that's embodied in the daily, the weekly, and the monthly rituals that the team runs. Yeah, that's I, I love that. This idea of, of building a gut through obsession with the customer, understanding your users. Would you mind sharing some of these rituals that you do with your team, like kind of weekly or monthly? What are some of the things you do to stay obsessed? Yeah, there, I think they're probably, there are three that we try to do a good job at, at like a monthly and quarterly level. I'm sure lots of other people have great ideas. I think these three have worked well for us. Yeah. Um, the first is, our team, and that means everybody on the team from you know the ICs through the leadership need to have frequent direct interactions with buyers, customers, and other folks that just like fit within your target persona, but don't fit into your easy ecosystem. And the important thing about, I think those interactions, besides the fact that they happen is that, you know, you're using them to build empathy and, and to kind of maintain that audience gut. And so we don't put a lot of structure around what those interactions look like. It's okay if it's a discovery session. It's okay if it's over coffee. It's okay if it's talking shop for 20 minutes after one of our events. 
Um, the important thing is that it happens and that use it as a time to build up your understanding of what they care about. Um, probably the, you know, I think the most, for this area, the most deliberate thing we make sure we do that, that, that happens is commit to a certain number of um, call downs for one and lost opportunities. Mm. So any given quarter, this quarter, we're trying to do 20. We do 10 buyers that chose us and 10 buyers that chose not to buy us. Nice. And, you know, we have a structure for how we do it. I think those are really, you know, those are the most formal version of direct interactions that we do, but I think those are super, super critical. Um, so I think that's the first thing is those interactions. The second thing is something that technology now allows us to do, and that's passive listening to sales and customer calls at like a pretty big scale. Yeah. Um, obviously our software does this and, and there are other vendors in the space that do it, but call recording and analytics exist. And it's like the product marketing tool set of the century. Um, <laughs> you know, you can listen to, I have folks on my team that have listened to 10,000 calls this year. Yeah. And, you know, I think that this is an important way to scale, to make sure that your group has more inputs from customers than any other team. You know, it means that it means that like there's one person on my team who I know has listened to more calls than any sales rep could have been on themselves during the year, right? So wow. it brings a certain level of, of scale to, to consuming and understanding like what's going on with our buyers. Um, and the trick to this, because it is a little hard, the trick to this is, you know, one and a half or two X speed. Um, <laughs> that's how you get to those, you know, and you do it in the background and you're not always like actively listening, but that's why I call it passive listening is just consuming and listening. Um, and then I think the third practice, and this might be counterintuitive, but I actually think it's the most important is to regularly consolidate learnings and insights, like as a group from calls, from, you know, going and having those conversations and then sharing it with somebody. Ideally, the somebody you're sharing it with is like your key stakeholders and you're developing strong relationships that way. But I think the act of having to force something on paper or in a deck and then show it to somebody else crystallizes your learnings in a way that help like embody into your gut the learnings that actually came out from all those conversations. Wow. I love this. You're actually giving us sort of like this practical guide to building up a gut and building up a muscle and an intuition around messaging. So knowing that you kind of take this organic kind of ongoing approach and learning, how does that go into your cycles of refreshing messaging or relooking at messaging or your cadence there? Are you constantly iterating? Are you still sort of looking at it every six months, for example? Like, does it change the way you kind of maintain your messaging, like in, in the product marketing department? Uh, I find, you know, in terms of our, our messaging cadence, it, throughout the years and our growth cycle, it's, it's, there's no predictable time or milestone basis to do it mostly because especially in high growth, like things change so often yeah. your buyer, your customer, the market, your product hopefully as well. And so I find often that either we start to see some seeping issues in like sales velocity or sales where someone's like, Hey, something's not working or we're observing it and calls itself or the business has a pretty strong reason. And we, or leadership say, Hey, the product is materially enough different, or we're doing something new. And so I feel like this kind of spark the, you know, now it's time to reevaluate, reevaluate our messaging. Um, and we're actually just in the process of doing that right now. We kind of moved from being a single product to multi-product. It's an obvious time for us. Um, I think that like the customer obsession practices help build this foundation, this gut for your team as you go into that. It makes it easier to develop an initial hypothesis, to listen to internal stakeholders and have those customer combos. But even though those practices exist, I still think you need to make sure that 
you know, I, I like to sandwich these kinds of messaging workflows with qualitative feedback at the mm-hmm. beginning and at the end and use nice. quantitative in the middle. So it's like, you know, at the beginning, you're using qualitative to build your gut. It's really about developing a hypothesis, something you're going to test with your target buyer and internal folks. And then you're using workshops and quantitative measures to like actually test and validate it. Uh, you know, once again, ideally with your target audience, not just internal folks. And then you close out, like you you validate that where you landed makes sense by once again, returning to qualitative and using like personal one-to-one connections with customers to kind of validate where things are at. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. This is a really cool insight you're sharing here. I want to just rewind back because you started, you know, you were the first, you know, high level marketer at Outreach and you had shared a story with me about uh, just like a really cool moment uh, at, at um, the first um, Unleashed conference. Oh, yeah. When, yeah. Would you mind sharing that story? Because you're kind of, you're talking about a sophisticated team with like all these amazing practices at messaging, but you were there from the very beginning when people didn't even really understand this new way. I mean, you outreach actually kind of came up with a new way um, of selling. So would you mind just sharing that story? Because I think it's so good. Yeah. So, I mean, early on at outreach, um, you know, you don't have a big marketing budget, you know, you, you can't do a lot of things that a scaled or larger business would do to market yourself. And so you got to really focus on building a tribe and that's, you know, Manny, our CEO and our team, that's kind of what our, our early focus was like, how do we build a tribe of people that believe the same thing about sales that we believe and can help us, you know, not only evangelize our business, but more importantly, evangelize the way we're saying that sales leaders should do their business yep. and have enough people believe in this way of doing business, you know, our business is going to be okay. You know, it's sort of the long-term view there. And, um, and so we kind of believe that an important way of getting these folks to, to help connect with each other was a customer conference. So really early on in my first year, we had our, our first customer conference unleash. And, you know, with the first conferences, you're kind of, you're, you know, begging people to come. It's your <laughs> friends and family, you're calling up your best. And, and so you do that. And, you know, we had this one particular I'll, I'll say prospect, but it was somebody who had a relationship with somebody in the business and they had engaged with us on a sales cycle. And we were, you know, we were, we were trying to get them on board with, you know, the, our, our way of selling and also using our technology. And I'll say the best version of this person was a skeptic. You know, they were talking to us because they had to, I don't, they didn't buy into the technology. They didn't buy into the new methodology, um, but they were willing to commit to coming to Unleash <laughs> because of that personal relationship. So we got them there and, you know, just like every good conference. You know, you have a big keynote, you share your story, you're trying to land this pitch and then you have an after party and you socialize and you have drinks and everyone's having fun. And while I was at the after party, I overheard this skeptic, um, giving our pitch to somebody else and they were advocating like our new way. And it was clear that she got it. Like she had converted the message, the, the, the way we had landed our story, had landed with this person who was really critical. And it was one of those moments where you just go, Hey, we're onto something here. Like there's a tribe we can build the product marketing work we're doing, the beliefs, the why that leadership have makes sense. And it, it felt good. It was fun. So good. I mean, so good. Such a story from those early days, trying to explain to people what sales engagement is all the way to what $4.4 billion company. I mean, it's, it's an amazing story. Um, so thank you so much for all of these ideas and practical tips you shared. Cause I think they're really, really great. Yeah. Happy to be here. And, uh, this is fun. Yeah. Awesome.
Cool. So we're going to just quickly do a side one about your advice. Cause I kind of just, um, put that yeah. out there as a separate video. Okay. That was so good. Um, it's such a, such a good story. It's like, people are going to love this. Awesome. Like, I love that you were there from the beginning, right? People like not getting it. And now it's like, it's, it's huge. It's so cool. I do. I do sometimes think that I'm sure you feel this way too, about the work you do. Things are always amazing in hindsight. Like you remember the best and you forget all the turmoil. And it's even like, you know, Mike, I'll say this, like with my customer obsession, like beliefs and methodologies, it's also so hard to keep them up. Like, yeah, you know, it's like anything else, you're building muscles. And if you stop going to the gym, you lose those muscles. And it's super easy to not meet our standards. Like, yeah, yeah it's always got so many other things to do. That's right. But so, it, you know, it's easy to make things look good. It's hard to do the real thing. <laughs> Oh, it just takes damn commitment and consistency. It's got to just keep, yeah, it's not always right. pretty. Uh, believe me. I, I, I know that too. Um, okay. So we'll just do like the, the advice. Um, okay. I'll start again. Okay. Jordan. So I love, you know, you've had an amazing career so far. You've still got a long way to go. If you were to go back, you know, 20 years to your younger self and give you, give yourself some advice about marketing or your career. What would you say? I think one of the most important pieces of advice that I would tell myself that I kind of wish I had embodied a little bit better early in my career is that great marketing can't be done by a committee. Yes. And it's an easy trap to fall into for a lot of reasons. One, we're a very cross-functional, you know, team, you need stakeholder buy-in, you need to work really in you know, diligently with your stakeholders. And then you need to have strong input into the work you do in marketing. But committees and co-creation dilute messaging. They dilute creative. They dilute choices in lead generation programs and channel choice. And, and so I think as a marketer, you need to have a, you know, do the right things to have a strong point of view, get the right input, spend the right time with your customers so that you can have a strong point of view. And then use, you know, your internal stakeholders to give you feedback, to give you the inputs, but make a commitment to, to how you want to market something and then test and iterate. Use the data to, to, to tell you one way or the other and don't get caught up in the committee mentality that often exists in a lot of businesses. Yeah, that is awesome advice. I think it's a challenge that so many people face. And it's almost harder to kind of go when you're starting out in your career and you're, you've less experience, kind of go in hard uh, with a point of view, but this idea of have your point of view, let it be well-informed by the data and the research. So it's not just, here's what I think, and it's right, but here is the truth we're finding and, and being strong and not backing down. Um, so really good advice, Jordan. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, happy to. <laughs> Cheers for listening. For more messaging fun, sign up for my newsletter at punchy.co forward slash newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.